Welcome back to Neighboring Podcast. I'm Andrew Hoffman, Director of NeighborLink for Wayne. And uh, Neighboring Podcast is where we attempt to answer the question, what does it mean to be a good neighbor? And uh, this year, in this season, we are adding to that and uh, what makes a healthy neighborhood healthy? NeighborLink uh, tries to mobilize volunteers into the community to, to help with tangible needs. But part of what we discover is uh, there's a lot more than just service or projects that help make a, a neighborhood healthy. And so we are diving into a research project this year, fundamentally to kind of answer that question, what makes a healthy neighborhood healthy? And we have identified five four-way neighborhoods for a variety of reasons and backgrounds, but most of all, each one of the neighborhoods that we've chosen has a group of individuals that have been invested in that neighborhood and we see development and we see activity and interest and uh, more, more than anything, there are a group of individuals that have been getting together for a long time, asking big questions, challenging development, thinking of how do we make this the best place that we can for ourselves and for our neighbors and uh, to keep things going. And so we are here today with some friends from the North Highlands neighborhood, Kay and Bailey, both uh, residents here. And the North Highlands neighborhood is one of the neighborhoods that we've selected as part of this project. Um, because we're really interested in seeing what's happening in and around kind of the north central Fort Wayne area, um, just north of downtown. There's a lot of downtown development. But more than more than just the downtown development, what we've seen in North Highlands over the last 10, 15 years is, is we've been aware with the types of projects uh, is that there's lots of energy that's been going on in this neighborhood for a long time. It's not just related to what we're seeing most recently. Uh, we do a lot of projects in the 46808 zip code. Uh, so there's a mixture of need and stakeholders and renters. And so we want to have that discussion today. So to kick off this research project, we are doing some quantitative and some qualitative data. And we'll uh, spend some time with Kay and Bailey and other neighbors in more, in more direct conversations. But in order to get started, Lindsay uh, Ray Porter is sitting here with us as well and is gonna, has built a relationship with Kay and Bailey, uh, we're going to ask some questions, but ultimately we want to kick off this project kind of creating a baseline. So uh, much of this conversation is hearing what you guys think in terms of your local neighborhood, because we think it's important for you to share of what makes a healthy neighborhood healthy. So we have a baseline. So when we get through the research, we'll kind of match up. What are you guys, do you guys really know? Uh, do we any of us know? Uh, and what are we going to learn? And does the pulse of what you guys as as a couple of the neighborhood leaders align with what the neighborhood or the the data sh shows so mm -hmm. so um i've brought Kay here who's been active in north highlands i'm sure she'll tell you more about it but just you've been active for many many years and bailey you how long have you been in north highlands neighborhood I've lived in North Highlands for seven years. Seven years. But okay. I've, I've been a, a resident of Allen County for only seven years, so that yeah. is the only place I've lived. Okay. So I am really excited to have both of you guys here today to represent North Highlands neighborhood. Now, if I were somebody who didn't know where North Highlands was or what it was, can you tell us what are the boundaries and what is this neighborhood like? Is it, you know, just what is kind of the street layout? The, are there parks? Are there places? I mean, just give us... 
Oh, I've never, I'm, I'm fresh in from Paris, France, and I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Tell me about North Highlands neighborhood. North Highlands has 700 homes in it. Our boundaries are um, Spring Street, Tyler Street, State Street, and Jesse. We're fortunate to have one of the city parks directly in our neighborhood, which is Hamilton Park. Okay. We're also very fortunate to have Franklin School Park uh, just on our boundary line, of which I'm proud to say I was very instrumental in getting that that park going. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's a in case people don't know about Franklin Park, it it was a police station and they um or a police. It was at one time National Guard was in there. That was right. their training center. Then the city police moved in. The pavilion that is what used to be the garage for the police department was also the shooting range for the police department. We were able to save that building and convert it into the absolute most gorgeous it's pavilion beautiful. in the city as far and as what I love concerned. most about it is that they kept the, the archways. So when you walk into Franklin Park, it's the, the actual memories. original archways, and then you walk in and there's a splash pad and a big open area, a pavilion. It used to be the Franklin Park School, and many of the people that were on the committee had either gone to that school as, I think they were what we call junior high, or middle school, it was junior high, and we had lots of people show up that had gone to school there for a long time. It was the neighborhood school. People That's walked neat. to and from. The Parks Department was very gracious because we fought very hard to be able to keep the three arches, and they thought that was a fantastic job, and it kept arch off of our back because mm -hmm. we saved some of the historical things. Yeah, so the, there's Franklin Park, which is not too far from Hamilton Park. Correct. Um, and what, what else is North Highlands like? I mean, is it, made up is it mostly new families i mean what is, is it, it is a hodgepodge cultural? a huge you diversity have, i have neighbors that have been there and raised five children they were the second owners of the house they've been there we've been there since 89 our house was built in 1928 hers was built in 26 i believe and i live in the older section of north highlands one of the things that the first thing, okay, let me back up. I got involved with the Neighborhood Association at the time we were doing the Garden of the Month. I got nominated as the Garden of the Month. I got suckered She has an amazing garden. <laughs> that is why. She, uh, the person who nominated me also suckered me into becoming the editor of the newsletter because we were about ready to lose them. And that was one of the things that I enjoyed. My husband and I, my daughter, his son, moved into that house in 89. I got actively involved in the association at the time I took on the letter, the, the editor, of which I've totally forgotten exactly when, but it's probably a good 10 years. From there, um, I worked with John Majeski, who was at that time the president of the association. He served a two-year turn and decided no more. That's how I ended up being the president. And uh, But we got a lot accomplished. And as far as diversity of the neighborhood, I don't think you could ask for too much more. Um, as far as age groups and brackets and as you know, a house goes up for sale in North Highlands. It's sold in 
two weeks. Mm -hmm. And the houses that don't move like that are the houses that have continual, I think they have issues. Mm -hmm. And people just don't stay in them that long. Yeah, so when you when we talk about housing, describe the traditional house. Is there is there a framework? Is it thirteen hundred square feet, eighteen hundred? Are a lot of the homes developed at the same time? Kind of okay. What, the what older section, it? as I said, I, we were in mm -hmm. twenty six, and that's closer to Hamilton Park, correct? Okay. Uh, uh, I'm almost there. It's at Rumsey North Highlands is not that far away. Okay. I'm about three blocks away from Hamilton. Um. If you're unaware, there used to be a nine-hole golf course. <laughs> Not many okay. people know this. It's no, very interesting. And when the vets were coming back from war is when the city decided they needed housing. So you go over one street from me, which is Cherokee, and that's where you start seeing the, the single-story houses. Most of the houses where we live are double stories. Cape or Cod style. Cape Cod. Most of them are Cape Cod style. Um, yeah, until you get over to the Cherokee side. And that's when you start seeing the smaller type homes. Ours isn't very large, but we have a completely usable basement. Mm -hmm. And the whole upstairs, which we just got done painting, goes from you know, the full width of the house is mm -hmm. our Bedroom. I've been really well, we surprised in all the, the houses that I've gone into in North Highlands. It looks really small from the outside. Yes. And then you're like, wait, another room? Mm -hmm. So many people, people say maximize. that. It's like when you go to, you know, Europe or something. It's like there's a kitchen in here. Oh, yeah. oh like a very small one. Maximized yes. space is really impressive. If I didn't have the basement, I couldn't have all these kiddos over. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. that's their so, PlayStation. You are the association president. Correct. Um, how long have you been doing that? You said since about? As president, moving into my fourth year. Okay. And then Bailey, can you um, introduce yourself a little bit and tell yes. us? Absolutely. Um, so I've lived in North Highland since I've been a resident in Allen County, so about seven years. Um, I have a nine-year-old daughter, so very important for me to connect with community members. Um, I've only been involved um, in the neighborhood within this past year, but it's been something that I've been very interested in. Um, Kay and I have had close contact in this past year, and so a role that I play in the neighborhood, um, I started a group, a Facebook group, um, which was very different than what Kay had going on for an association page where you know, age diversity comes into effect. So I started a group just to basically be a forum for all of us community me community members to be able to talk, neighbors mm -hmm. to talk to neighbors. That's how I started getting involved. And then that's how I met Kay and started coming to meetings, sitting down with her, learning the history. Um, I've always mm -hmm. followed all of her publications and um, we just want to keep it going. And can I ask you guys, because that's really something that's so unique. I mean, you know, I would be curious to know, like, you know, don't you ever get tired after all these years? And what keeps you, why did you start getting involved? And, and for you, Bailey, you know, I know you said you had a daughter, but yeah. I know a lot of people who have kids who right. aren't involved in their local neighborhood associations who aren't as active. So both of you very much so are. How do you, what, what inspires you to be so involved? 
To it's me, a lot of work. It's important, though, <laughs> to know your neighbors and know who's around you to say hello and not turn ahead. Um, with that being said, yes, I have a child, but I she is an only child. So I would mm-hmm. like to see kids out playing. I want to get to know the neighbors. I want to know that my block is safe. I want to know that our entire community is safe. So that right there is part of my drive. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing people turn heads to things that can be easily fixed. I mean... Gosh, we talk so freely in our group. You know, one day it's a dog getting loose and we're all rallying to get the dog together instead of just turning our head and letting this dog just roam the streets. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that, just tying us together. It's so important to me that we're Mm close-knit. And And so that is kind of what keeps you, you know, when you you find the dog, when you have that conversation, that's kind of what keeps you going and and being involved in that conversation. Always helping anyone in need keeps me going. And so starting that forum, we've noticed that there is a need for community members to be able to talk. Mm -hmm. And some people feel more comfortable doing that behind, you know, a computer screen, getting to know people that way. Versus Mm -hmm. in the old days, they would go door to door and greet you with a casserole or something to welcome you with. And that's not something I say we should shy away from. Don't bring that one back. Kay says don't bring it back. Kay says no more casseroles, thank you. But it's just a different way and a different world we live in. So communicating mm-hmm. on that forum has been super helpful. And it just drives me when we see someone in need that needs help. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are neighbors. Kay, how did you get... What was your impetus for getting involved? Um... Well, as I said, when John Majeski was involved, um, I was his right-hand person, and we had a lot of infrastructure issues. We had been neglected by the city for years on some of the things. We have people in the neighborhood with flooded basements every time we had a hard rain. All the time. Poor sewage. Um, We have combined sewers there. Our sidewalks were absolutely deplorable, uh, and that's where I started getting involved with going to meetings, meeting with government, meeting with parks departments, doing that type of thing. One of the other catalysts was we had a bit of a scare at Hamilton Park. We were seeing tagging being done, or graffiti, being done by wannabe gang kids. and. I'm a big proponent. In fact, before Hamilton or when before Franklin, when it was an empty building, there was graffiti on the walls. So I called John up and said, "Grab your paintbrush. We're going to go paint." So we painted the the doors on that, and it just I couldn't tolerate our being tagged like this yeah. and not taking action. At that time, we worked with the Parks Department, the Police Department, the Fire Department. Uh, and organized something called our Drug and Gang Awareness Program. We had a great rapper come in. We got so many donations from businesses and neighbors and had raffles. The canine was there, the police were there, the fire department was there with their big hose, and that's what got got the juices flowing. This is how we can... the park department keeps telling us this is not your personal park. It is a public park. Uh, sure. But she but takes we, it personal and yeah. she gets it done. We, well, we try to. That was one thing I'm, I'm sensing here and just how you got... Uh, there was there was some justice, some advocacy type things that, that you just mentioned in terms of like 
we're noticing some infrastructure things and you know what there's probably something to the fact that we're all getting you know wet basements like that's that's not just poor home ownership there could be something there oh, yes and so you identified these things and then you went and tried to do something about it you put some pressure on so there was a bit of bit of advocacy work happening and constant pressure what was some of that experience and and did it help did it what changed what what was it about your activity was it just showing up uh how was the response how how did the receipt or the government officials because i think this is a misconception in some of the neighborhoods we see that there's often we can we can sit in our homes and we can be very frustrated. We can identify these things, but we not take the next step, and just think that the people on the other side don't care. They won't respond, and that might be true in some cases. But it sounds like I'd love to know more of hearing how you went over that experience and said, "Is it was it a huge mountain to get over, or was the persistence and showing up and holding them accountable? Did that make the conversation need to be had?" Mm-hmm. They were receptive to the conversation. They, the, meaning the city and government were. I've worked with many departments, planning departments, zoning departments, um, the engineers. They welcomed us, they showed us the blueprints, they showed us the areas. We have some major sewer issues, or had. Since that's happened, they have corrected those, they have lined the combined sewer, all of the infrastructure that's happened further north and out in additions you have to remember end up in our neighborhoods Mm -hmm. because water does travel Mm -hmm. and that was an issue Mm -hmm. the city set up a program for um the gutters the downspouts and set up a program where they could get a particular i wish i'd done some more homework on this uh where they could put in an apparatus in their basement which would keep it from water flowing in. Yeah, okay. we and actually, I live yeah, in North Highlands you're right next to and we, the shingles. we live in what everyone would call the bowl. Mm-hmm. So every time it yeah. would rain, we were in the bowl and there would be water rising and we actually got a, a sub pump yep. put in for the, the city paid for it. So yep. thanks to your efforts, we, and we didn't have one in our basement. We broadcast so. that. Some people would take advantage of it. Others wouldn't. That was the disappointing part. Sure. Sometimes the helping hand is at the end of your wrist. We're trying to help you. You just need to mm-hmm. get involved. Yeah, you get into uh, behavior. You can't, you can't force someone or a neighbor to, to address it, even if it, it would make a, a big difference. But the work that the persistence and the effort seem like it made oh, a huge yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's her again. Uh, if you were to try to, if you were trying to give uh, advice to another neighborhood association that's identified some infrastructure issues, and from what you've learned, what are just a couple of quick things that you could you could give somebody advice on in terms of if another neighborhood association wanted to address these issues, what are some key things that they should start consider? with your your um, council person? Okay. They can give you the guidelines of who, what departments you need to talk with. Reach out to those departments. I'm also very proud. North Highlands was the very first neighborhood in the city who got 100%, well, I can't say 100%, 95% brand new sidewalks. Was that My, two? Was oh, that two, 2015? 2015 yeah. and then all new roads last year. Not ro- yeah, they repaved Asphalt. some of the roads last year which 
maybe yeah. they needed maybe the sidewalks definitely yeah the kids are very In my neighbor mm-hmm. right across the street from me we didn't have a sidewalk I called it a skateboard ramp mm-hmm. <laughs> and the day I looked out after all of the new sidewalks and saw a woman pushing a double stroller she wasn't pushing it she was running she was running down the sidewalk with her two babies in the stroller, which could never have happened, never mm-hmm. happened. And we got the first, we didn't pay Barrett Bond, we didn't have any of that. We built a case and the city gave us our sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they, they didn't give us curbing. And they were timely about mm-hmm. all of it. And I will I say- I monitored every <laughs> day <laughs> on that. So there's reaching out to con- councilmen, developing a, a a sound strategy and a plan, doing your homework. Identifying your issues. Yeah, identifying your issues. Going in, being convinced, and being willing to spend the time and energy that yeah. it's going to take to do that. But don't try and do it alone. Mm-hmm. You have other neighbors that are seeking the same thing. Yeah. But those are the infrastructure was some of our biggest things. Uh, and some of the, my proudest moments. And I also thank God that John Majeski was involved because his background knew, you know, elevations, this, that, he's in construction work. So he knew all of this and he sometimes out-talk some of the experts and challenge them. Mm -hmm. But we were very successful. Since that time, it's kind of slowed down and become a little bit more social. That's... That's, And then um, just last year, we did a wonderful event would you guys like to tell a little i feel like since because i was actually going to ask you guys you know what are some things that you know you've seen your work come to fruition and that that you're proud of moments you're proud of and you've just shared some so i think it would be nice to segue into that maybe you could tell us a little bit about so uh, yeah a great ending to well not even an ending just a great reward to all of the work that we've put into the neighborhood and all Mm -hmm. the hard work that Kay's done we had that beautiful building over um the it's Franklin Park Pavilion, but it's the, Hen- how do you, the Henry, what is the name of it? Oh, Hefner. The Hefner building. Pavilion. Pavilion. Yeah. Um, we had a beautiful block party there for everyone. And honestly, we didn't know if the attendance would be great. We had no idea. We dropped flyers in every single mailbox and we walked and walked and dropped them all. And we had the best turnout. It was the best neighborhood party we could have imagined. That was one of the things that I am very proud of and by working with this generation um, we had to do something because we I'm getting very few members coming to meetings mm-hmm. I'm getting very little feedback from neighbors even though I reach out and ask for feedback mm-hmm. and right after the block party when I was asked oh we're gonna do this next year yes everybody's and, asking yeah in case that are you kidding me <laughs> The best but part of the block party it. was seeing all of the residents together. Everybody and it brought wasn't a just dish. North Highlands. No, it, it was, was the surrounding neighborhoods. Franklin Park, Lincoln Lincoln Park. It was several. Everybody brought. Yep, everybody brought a dish. The children were there, and all of the kids were playing Mother May I. Just, I mean, I Lindsay, you were so there. Loved that part. It was amazing to see all of the kids together, and that's what we can hope for. We wanted a great no community, old fashioned get togethers. And that's why we reached out to all of the neighborhoods. And I think that the last I heard, there were at least over 130 people there. Mm-hmm. There was a raffle. We had a clown. Balloon um, animals, hot dogs. 
Lindsay did the cooking, lots of eating, the red light, green light. <laughs> that was my favorite. No, Lindsay, turn around. <laughs> I actually should have looked up the rules a little bit better. There were a few people like, wait, what do you, stop, turn around. Wait, what am I supposed to? I just knew that I needed to talk in the loudspeaker and make the lights green. <laughs> Everybody yeah. who volunteered, showed up, was involved, brought stuff. That was impressive. Um, we donated things, had raffles. They went like hotcakes. And you, you got to meet people you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we will be doing that again. That's great. So you've mentioned, and I really loved the, the, the block party. There was, yeah, no technology, no speakers. I mean, it, it was a little amplified microphone thing (laughs) and it was i mean it was literally things that people anyone could Mm -hmm. could pull off without you know sound systems and technology microphones i mean so it takes initiative from one person to start it and then it becomes a gathering mm -hmm. and everybody was bringing stuff oh Oh, those are my horseshoes and i i actually built those with my so it was really neat so and i think that that's another thing about you? Yeah, I brought the big Jenga. The giant Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> when it collapsed, everybody turned around. Oh, it was like, the building just fell over. Um, so with that, I think that North Highlands is really lucky to have both of you. There's this huge generational gap between people, but it's not a gap anymore. You guys are able to interpret for each other. I mean, that's something that's so challenging. You have people in North Highlands yes. who are, you know, in their 80s. Hey, they're able it was, to be included and people in their 70s, 60s, yes. you have new families. And so how do you guys feel that with both of your backgrounds, how do you feel that you're able to use that to benefit North Highlands, the, the combination of the two of you? How does... Well, I would say it was definitely a challenge in the beginning when mm-hmm. we met. There was a few Well, she wanted to start a new Facebook page and I was going, oh. No. Kay thought it was They're like a already bit. going to be confusing because we have the publication of the North Highlands Next Door, which isn't part of us. Mm-hmm. And then Bailey proposes she wants to start this other one. And I we so we had a meeting. We sat down. I started Amanda it and came I think over. We talked it through. We figured out what would work and what wouldn't work. What mm-hmm. she was trying to do was to promote um, walking people walking together, play dates. All kinds of things, just a way for community members to talk. And so for Kay and I to kind of merge that generational gap, we had to sit down and actually have a meeting because at first when I started the Facebook page, you know, the Kay has always run the association page, which is a like page. And we know in this generation, a group and a like page is very different. And Kay kind of had a grasp of that and some she didn't. And so we had to sit down and kind of talk about that. And the information that she shares, she is she always knows what's going on in the neighborhood and she posts it right to the like page. But for us to sit down and come together and realize that a group would be great for community members to be able to have it as a forum, to be able to talk, she came to more of an understanding of what there was to offer through that. And we've we've Mm -hmm. since merged that gap by just sitting down and working through it and talking about it. And it's been a great asset. Mm -hmm. I mean, just for Sometimes example, we both have to make sure that one knows it's here yes. and not here. Yes. And, and that neighbors are getting it. Mm-hmm. But because she's done that, she's reached out to many young people mm-hmm. that I don't think even knew we had a Facebook page. So, so when I walk the neighborhood with my dog or I have a little walking group, um, when I see neighbors, I say hello. I don't turn my she's head. She's a heck of a good ambassador. Thank you. 
I um, turn my head and I ask them if they've heard of our Facebook group. I say we have an association page that will give you, you know, all of the, if there's criminal activity, if there's, you know, a great thing. She shares everything top to bottom. She's always got it covered. And then we have um, our Facebook group, which is North Highlands Neighbors. And that's a forum for us to all openly discuss anything throughout the community. So, for example, I mean, different things throughout there, but one post I made, I was just asking for tomatoes. I had ran out of tomatoes. Does anybody have any left in their garden? And do you know what? It wasn't 10 minutes later, no. a woman probably was walking a, to my door with... So you probably with, had a bushel there. Yeah, walking to my door with tomatoes, and I had never even met this woman. That is awesome to me. And our group is still growing. Yeah, you guys uh, were bringing up the role of communication in a neighborhood and a healthy community in general. What is... Uh, what is your take on communication in terms of like how important that is for a healthy neighborhood? And then I'm curious from there, like uh, what some of the challenges or the opportunities are with with communication? So start out curious, Kay, from your perspective, like the role of communication for 30 years that you've been there and how you've seen that shift and play out in terms of uh, the connectivity and the health of a neighborhood. The only thing we used to have was a monthly newsletter. And we have volunteers within the newsletter who will deliver them door to door to their, yeah. you know, their assigned routes. Um, the unfortunate part about that, more times than not, the newsletter is old news. Yeah. By the time they get it in their hands, there's nothing they can do. They can't react. They can to some things. Uh, and that's when I started setting up the email page. So when we did a membership drive, if they provide me with an email, I would put them in our email and I could get information out that way much more timely. And that morphed into the Facebook page. And we got the Facebook page set up. And the only reason I will continue to do the hard copy is we do have neighbors who do not sure. get involved. Sure. And it's not just the older people. There are young people who have made decisions. They don't want to be involved with social media. So I have to do that. Right now we're in the middle of our 2019 membership drive. Without the hard copy going out to them, I will miss a lot of them. I will miss the new people who have moved in that may or may not be aware of how privileged they are to live in our neighborhood. They are. Um, That there's a Facebook and that there's email accessibility as well as hard copy and that I think has helped to bond us a lot better as Bailey said we also have a liaisons police officer I get a report from him at least once a month and he tells us all now the liaisons officers can only tell you things that involve your neighborhood there's no such thing as we don't hear about the domestics we don't hear about the uh, you know the goodwill calls or uh, checking up on things like that but we do get domestics like we've had like the entire city has if you review it uh, for the past few years what I call door pullers they're the kids or the young adults who go around and try and get into cars and cause all kinds of havoc with that and Barry reports on those officer Pruser has been Stand up, go to guy anytime I've got any questions for him. And he actually shows up to the meetings. Oh, yeah. Yes. He comes to almost all of ours. 
In fact, he's been bugging me about when the next meeting is. He's by the very way, it's the active 12th. in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And he keeps his eye out and lets us know what's going on. So and healthy, if I've got a question, yeah. I can get back to him. So healthy communication with the local of police course. officers makes a huge difference. It gives me a better handle to make sure that the neighbors now look especially with the door pullers or the car thefts. If anybody reads the reports that comes out of the yeah. journal, my gosh, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not, there's no neighborhood. That, sure, sure. And I, that's, I can utilize that to keep reassuring them. Okay, you might have had a window broken out, but that's about the maximum of crime that we have. We've had very minimal issues, mm -hmm. and that's enough. And when we do have them, we do our darndest to nip them in the butt. Mm -hmm. And there, that goes back to that gang and drug awareness thing. So Bailey, you seem uh, more, uh, more adapted to modern communication tools and some of the things and how that impacts. One of the challenges I think with any group, even us as an organization is uh, a lot of times communication can seem very one way because it's hard to get a response. Uh, right so newsletters and, Facebook <laughs> you know there's there's just difference and we have so many different communication tools and they all have their own purpose and, and engagement and how we use those all play a part in that and especially in neighborhood associations where uh, communication I think often feels at least in my neighborhood where it can feel one way when you're on the person trying to communicate the message out but you don't get anything in return uh, it sounds like your Facebook group you've started to get some get some communication back yes. curious from from that experience but also how does that play a part in the future of neighborhood connectivity or neighbor connectivity which is an important part with like communicating among neighbors and leadership and uh, is an important part so so it is important to try to get the neighbors to not push back and want them to be involved so within this group you know we're communicating so building rapport and getting to know them so it's opening the door for relationships you know like she mentioned we have a membership drive going on that's something that I'm talking about in there and getting responses on and many questions are involved in neighbors crossing paths and just different ways that it can not they won't push back they want to be involved if you just keep putting it in front of them mm -hmm. have you guys tried to do a virtual neighborhood meeting yet we haven't facebook done a virtual live. facebook meeting uh -huh. i think i did go live at a few events that we've done um we had mm -hmm. an event at the church you know that's a couple other things that i guess we didn't mention about the vicinity of our area and i really want to like speak on this because yeah. i've only lived in North Island. So I went to college throughout Fort Wayne and have been on another side of town for that. But in the 08, oh, I tapped, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, in the 08, we are so centrally located and I don't think people realize how much we have to offer in this area. Centrally located in the 08 means you can be 15 minutes out north and 15 minutes southwest very quick. We have two to three churches right in our area. Mm -hmm. We've got a handful of schools right in our area. Um, we've got Hamilton Park, we've got the splash pad, we've got tennis courts. I mean, there's so much for Little League, Little Stucky's League, the, the baseball mm -hmm. field, Stucky's Greenhouse. Um, the, the residents love the area because it's centrally located. Sure. And I think that's one of the big reasons that we have such good community. And I'm also involved with a group called Neighborhoods United Group, yeah. which encompasses neighborhoods that have basically the same issues, like the older neighborhoods. 
Um, Goshen Road is on our barometer to get input. The Franke Park, we're doing things with that. Um, walkability has become increasingly easier. And as Bailey says, you've got pretty much everything you need, not nearly as much as we used to have though. Because I remember when we had a dry cleaners, um, when we had all types of businesses at Goshen, which are no longer there. Those are some of the things that we're hoping that will come when they start working on the Goshen Road, getting some businesses back in there, more local. Uh, I'm like her, man, I can get, sorry, I can get just about any place I need to. And I sat out in the parking lot for 10 minutes because I just want to make sure I found you guys. And the accessibility that way is incredibly favorable. With the riverfront coming, I think mm -hmm. that we're so centrally located to that. We're very close. I mean, it's a bike ride away to the oh, the new dining that's going in yes. on Well Street. I think it's going to be the up-and-coming area. I think these are going to be the houses that people are going to want to start moving into and building their families because they can be close to downtown, have different schools in the area. And I'm not so sure we're not already seeing that. I think I we are. Bloomingdale is definitely seeing it. The houses yeah. are going very fast. Yeah, it would it would make sense. Curious in terms of, uh, and that's why we're, we're a bit interested in North Highlands because they're oftentimes with larger development happening in a community like we're experiencing with downtown development. Um, because of, you know I live in a collar downtown neighborhood as well, and you, so you start seeing it kind of kind of spread out, and it's it's starting to happen before things are happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's important to, or I'm really wrestling with this kind of question is often we can get very excited about development and in a community that hasn't experienced a lot of necessarily negative development, meaning we develop something and then a few, a few years later we're like, oh, maybe that was not a great idea. We haven't experienced a lot of that in Fort Wayne from my experience. So with the, there's a lot of mentality of like all, all development is good development. And I'm really kind of questioning some of that. Curious from your perspective with monitoring and seeing everything, is there anything that you are concerned about with some of the development in terms of how it could impact your neighborhood? Or do you feel like the work that you've been doing for so many years, this is, this is really complementing it? Mm, that's kind of a mixed bag. Okay. Personally, I think we're, a little bit further away than say like the Bloomingdale sure. is. Um, so I think that means that it might not impact us quite as, as big. I do believe that we will see houses become at a premium and with any luck that also means housing uh, values will be going up. Um, the development, I, I lived in Fort Wayne when downtown was it. And I worked downtown, did my shopping downtown, uh, and that, that was heaven. There was even a small grocery store, the whole schmear. And that was exciting. I am excited and apprehensive about what's going on down. First of all, I don't drive downtown very often because I don't know what, you know, it's, it's, it's confusing more so to yeah. me. And that's just because it changed yeah. and I don't have a reason to go down there like I did. Um, I would like to see Goshen Road take up a bigger thing and become more viable with what the Franke Park is talking about, which I went to that meeting 
and next time I'll make sure you're you go you have an opportunity to go to on what they're going to be doing there and with any luck they'll be putting one of the main entrances up off of Goshen which I think is going to be a blessing for multiple reasons for out-of-towners coming in they will be able to find it much easier Um, the detriments I I know that we could go across the street out of my neighborhood and the atmosphere isn't the same. Yeah. I'm anxious to see the report on the how many actual renters we have mm-hmm. because ours I think from the last report I had is much less than a lot of other neighborhoods are. And when you talk about the generational things, I have an 85-year-old on one side of me and I have the 20-year-olds on the other side. I have the kids across the street for years I didn't have kids, little kids. Now, you look out there and they're using cardboard boxes to slide down the hills. They're playing red light, green light with mom making up new steps and combining them. Thing. That's so exciting. My 80 plus year old neighbor goes to her kitchen window just to watch them. That's exciting. Yeah, very much. Now, the big thing that I've seen over the years is families will stay until they're either ready to maybe middle school and by high school, that's when they start leaving the neighborhood. Okay. They want to get out into the school systems that, in their minds, have a better reputation than, say, Northside does or some of the other schools that are in town. Well, that's a good that's a good segue into kind of uh, pulling this to an end and, and answering a question I'd love for both of you to kind of weigh in. We're interested, from your perspective, from a North Highlands perspective, in terms of if you had to answer the question like what makes North Highlands healthy and what are maybe some things that are that are missing that maybe it's not an indication that things are unhealthy mm-hmm. but concerns like in education like what's happening education wise the families are moving out maybe that is for North Highlands so maybe you can break that break that up between between the two of you in terms of let's start with what makes what do you Bailey what do you feel like makes North Highlands healthy So good residents obviously make any neighborhood healthy. Um, Ownership in the community make a neighborhood healthy. I personally would like to see more pride in the neighborhood. I personally would like to see more pride in the neighborhood. Um, It's about 50-50. So as far as we've got St. Francis, right around the corner, we've got renters there, college kids, younger families that are maybe still renting. So ownership from the rental companies or the rental owner. And then as far as just being a homeowner, showing pride in your neighborhood, taking care of your lawn. Those are improvements that I would like to see. Um, as far as education wise, this hits home with me. Um, we, we are semi outgrowing our house. We are a small family of three. We can totally handle it. We aren't the type of people that need to move to a different area code to get our child the education that she needs, but I can see why that happens. Um, I don't know how to block that from happening. I think it's personal preference, personal choice, and obviously what people can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, there are is schools around us that there are many schools around us that are amazing but that is one of the downfalls i would Mm -hmm. say once they get to sixth to eighth grade um the parents have to kind of make a choice and i'm getting to that point too i'm not saying that i'm moving but it's a thought and it's a tough one Mm -hmm. and it's definitely a pattern 
I also know that we have quite a few homeschool kids within the neighborhood. There's a family right across the street from me, two families actually, that do homeschooling. Um, I have a hard time explaining the healthy part of it. I, I think we're pretty healthy. Um, and I don't know that that necessarily means medically healthy. No, yeah. I mean, communication, um, connectivity, uh, you know, it could be we're a, lot, we're a lot healthy because we advocated, we're strong advocators for, you know, it could be a variety of things. But My biggest thing right now is the membership drive. Out of 700 homes, we had 125 people for $10. Why is membership important to UK? It shows that they want to get involved. It shows that they have an interest in it. And they it gives them more opportunity to voice their opinions. Now, I can tell you on Facebook, I've got a lot of followers there, but they're not members of the association. Yeah. The association funding, the dues, are the only in money that we get coming in. Okay. We, we lost, we've lost several of our landmark pillars most of them to uninsured drivers and we don't carry insurance on them because it's too expensive. The expense can, comes from our newsletter. I'm cutting back on that. I, When we had the damage to the pillars, I reached out and just asked when you pay your dues, if you feel like it, add an extra. And I could not believe how many, how generous people were. We did have one pillar that actually had an insured driver on it. That helped to feather our our budget a little bit to the point that we're even adding a disaster, setting up a disaster fund. You may or may not be aware, but between December and January, we had three house fires. Okay. One directly across the street from me, one within a block of me this way, and one down the street this way. And that's that put the fear in everybody. All of them were accidental. and. But I'm concerned that these people are going to be able to rebuild and move back. Or what happens to these properties then? That's what scares me. And along with the pride that would be taking ownership and paying those dues for us to get the publications out for the people that don't have Facebook, that's the, mm -hmm. the void we're trying to fill. And so we do need those memberships. Okay. So the funding is always good. It helps us with things like the block party. Uh, I hope to have three events this year, and the Black Party being one of them, possibly something down at Hamilton Park, and maybe some type of a, what they used to call night out in the city, would get the police down there, the yeah, canines sure. down there, and all of that takes a certain amount of money, unless we pay it out of our own pockets. Mm -hmm. And by having that cushion there for us, it gets people more, I mean, it doesn't come out of you, no, I don't want to do that, I can't afford mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. And that that's the goal. Lindsay, you gotta ask me the one question on here that's your fun question. Well, okay, I'm just gonna assume that I know which one you're talking about, so <laughs> steer me elsewhere if, if it's not it's a the superhero, one you're thinking of. Lindsay. Yes! Oh! This is like your question. And you stole my thunder, Dang This it. is your yes. question. Well, so, I wanted to hear about one other two from you. Okay. Well, we'll see if we have time, but I'm pretty sure this is the one. Okay, drum roll. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> if you could have any superhero live in your neighborhood, which one would it be and why? Lindsay, it would be Wonder Woman who can help me with my campaign membership. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's the only one I could think of. Because I thought, I'm not into superheroes. Well, I can be your younger Wonder Woman, okay? She can lasso everybody into trees to give you the data and and information. you can't lie that you have paid your dues and not paid your dues. That's too funny. What was the question you were excited to hear? Well, I wanted to hear about how she grew up versus how it was different. Oh, what was your neighborhood like when you were Yeah, only because for me, it is very different living in North Highlands. I've never had neighbors like this. I lived at the lake, um, and so back then, people didn't live up there full time. My family did. I would knock on doors all day wanting a kid to play with, and there was nobody answering doors because nobody was home. Mm -hmm. But in this neighborhood, there's hundreds and hundreds of children for my child to play with. And it makes me so happy to see those kids out on the streets playing because that's something I didn't have as a child. I didn't have that sense of neighborhood, not until the summer came. Yeah, sure. So very important to me. And then I wanted to hear about Case. Well, when we met, I found out that she grew up in my hometown a few years later. I grew (laughs) up in Angola in the 50s and the 60s. That was like living in Mayberry. It was wonderful. You knew people, everybody knew you, everybody's parents could tell your parents if you've been good or bad. There's a memorial. Maybe that's why I moved here. (laughs) Do you ever follow the uh, memories of Stuban County? Yes. Well, they were this big thing on the grocery store. Yeah. That was right across the street from me. My mom used to give me a note, send me over to the grocery store, I'd do the shopping and Frank and Almy and everybody would help me. Growing up in Angola was you walked everywhere. Um, kind of like Fort Wayne. Oh, on a much smaller basis. <laughs> on a much smaller. It was a joke. I was, was a townie. Like she was a Laker. <laughs> and there's a whole difference. whole difference in that. And then I moved to Fort Wayne after I graduated. And I'm not going to tell you when that was. but um, You can have that secret. Yeah. <laughs> and lived in several different areas. But North Highlands... When my husband and I got together, we were looking for a house. And this one happened to be up for rent. We drove by it, and I said, that's it. The, the night before, we were to go see it, and we bought this house from a woman who grew up in that house, not from a landlord. Sure. I had a dream about it, and the first thing I asked her was, do you have a laundry chute? And she says, as a matter of fact, we do. Can I garden anything you want? And that's when I fell in love, and that's why we have been in this house as long as we have been. And this will be our forever home until I can't get up and down the steps. But. <laughs> okay, and Bailey, thank you so much for joining us on Neighboring Podcast and sharing about your story of how you came, what's going on in North Highlands. It's really, uh, really exciting to hear some more context. So it's so much better when we're doing these types of things to kind of sit around and have a conversation about it and uh, talk through uh, a lot of the challenges. The more that we can make it personal, the better and more we learn from each other. So we're really excited about this project. Thanks for joining us on the initiative of like helping us understand this. We're hoping to take what what is healthy from each neighborhood and really identify what is different between, say, North Islands and Williams Woodland or West Central and see what's alike and what's different. And recognize, I think from our, our experience, I think there's a lot more that's alike than there is difference. And if we can, you know, uh, as an organization, connect the gaps between what's different, I think we can all become more healthy and, and share for, for other neighborhoods so we have a stronger city. So 
Uh, thank you so much again for being here, and we'll be back uh, next week with another episode of Neighboring. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks, guys.